Thank you, lovely worship team. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've got some amazing young people and children in our church. Um, can we just give them a round of applause, please? Incredible gifts and talents that God has blessed them with, that they are now blessing us with. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Um, and before you two go away, come back. So, we've got two lovely young people here who... Um, oh, and Miles. Sorry, you're coming too. Come, come. So... Um, some of you might not be aware, but this summer, it was the beginning of August, was it? End of July? Some, end of July, yeah. Um, these guys and some other guys from our church went on a camp, um, a DTI camp. Um, and I thought it would just be so good to hear, what, A, what is that? What it's all about? What they did and what they enjoyed about it, and um, it would be a real blessing to us, I think, if we heard a little bit about it. So, first of all, DTI, what does that stand for? Who would like to give that one? Miles. Dreaming the impossible. Okay, so DTI stands for dreaming the impossible, and what were you dreaming the impossible about? What kind of things? Eating as many cakes as you want? Um... Was there a God aspect in it at all? Yes. yes. <laughs> there was a God aspect. Okay, and Izzy or Faith, anything you would like to share about what Dreaming the Impossible was about? Uh, well, it was where there were over 4,000 youth all together, um, and we came together to worship God and hear people preach and uh yeah uh five days i think it was five days yeah yeah we were camping yeah um okay so have a quick think tell me one best bit of the time you were there if you can and if you've got one best bit you'd like to share then two best bits go on then the fresh donuts, they were so nice. Sugared, fresh donuts. And also being at the front of the congregation. Con con yeah. Congregation? Yeah. Um, Why was being at the front good? Because we were usually like in the middle or at the back and it was just exciting being at the front. <laughs> it was exciting being at the front. And was that during worship? Yeah. Cool. That's really good. So fresh donuts, which I think are a blessing from the Lord, definitely. And being at the front and being able to just be in and amongst the worship. It was really good. Okay, cool. Faith? Uh, my favourite part was during the worship when the band would stop playing and then the whole, everyone would just carry on singing and there was no music in the background and I just loved that. Yeah. That's so cool. I think that is a, a real expression, isn't it, of the overflow of God and his spirit and just being in his presence and wanting to carry on. That's so cool. Izzy? Uh, my favourite part was... Um, on the third night, we had this amazing talk by a guy called Josh Green. He was amazing. And during the worship, um, we had this time where we were just all 
like we were talking about the power of the name of Jesus, and uh, he comes up on the stage and he goes, I just want, I just want us to just shout Jesus. So we all, like, all 4,000 of us in this hall just shout Jesus, and we did it twice, and it was so powerful, it actually made me cry. It was amazing. That was my favorite night. Wow, and that is incredible, isn't it? And for me to hear just 4,000 young people coming together to praise and worship God, just, I think it's amazing, so cool. Um, And yeah, such power in Jesus' name, and being able to come together and shout it out, that's so cool. Um, Worst bit. If there was a worst bit, there might not be. Miles, you did share with me earlier, didn't you? You want to share? The walk. The walk. Can you expand on the walk? <laughs> well, that was the worst bit about it. it I, mean, I mean, it's not even bad, but it was the worst bit. It was all good. Yeah. Just using your legs, walking around. <laughs> Going, like, from the camp, where, where we were camping, to where the uh, worship and stuff were. Were you quite away from the main building yeah we were the furthest camp away but it wasn't that far okay (laughs) (laughs) so you clocked up your miles that week walking backwards and forwards yeah it's cool um faith have you got a worse thing you know when like you have those challenges where it's like you get someone random in the crowd and then they're really gross. They do like a food one where you have to like eat as much as you can. It just makes me feel sick every time. So that was my least favourite part. Yeah, I don't like that either. Uh, Izzy? What? Probably the weather. Oh. Um, a lot of tents were flooded from all the rain. Oh. Well, I'm really impressed that that was kind of, yeah, yours, but you didn't even consider the weather. You must be hardened campers that if a bit of rain doesn't really face you, but I'm not, and for me, to have a wet camp, a tent, not nice. Okay, and final thing, before I let you run away, um, is there anything you feel that you have brought back with you from that time away that really impacted on you? Um, Because it sounds as though there were a few things that did have a big impact on you. Um, Have you been able to, I don't know, bring it back and... See it make a difference in your everyday life now. Yeah, mine was reading my Bible. I, I didn't really used to read my Bible a lot because it seemed like a boring book. Um, <laughs> but um, after DTI, I started reading it every morning and evening and as much as I could. And it, it was really, it's amazing. It's such a fun book, you know? It's really cool. <laughs> That's really good, because I think it's great to go away on these camps and to have a massive, um, enjoyable time there and to be really impacted, but to want to come back and, yeah, carry something on is really good. Anything else you'd like to... Um, One of the talks, there was a group from Scotland, and I think it was just really helpful to hear one of the youth saying that he doesn't read his Bible every day, and it's not a problem that you don't read your Bible every day, just that you know that God's with you. Cause, and yeah, it, it just made me happy, because I always feel like I'm the only one who doesn't read my Bible every day. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so true, isn't it? All of us, no matter how old we are, no matter how long we've been a Christian for, I think we can all often feel as though we're not doing enough, we're not reading enough, we're not praying enough, and all of that. And it doesn't matter. God loves you regardless of how much you read or pray or whatever. Um, so that's really good. Miles, anything? Doesn't matter if there isn't. 
one really, really cool thing. The awesomeness of God. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing, guys. Thank you so much. And, yeah, can you give them a round of applause for sharing because they were very nervous. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so this morning, um, we're going to be doing a little bit about God's glory. Um, even though these mornings are quite daunting, um, I, I love doing them in some ways because just the, what you go through and what you read, it's amazing. And you, I learn a lot more, I get a lot more out of these mornings than you will. <laughs> um, I hope and pray that you'll pick up some of that as well. Um, but yes, we're going to focus on God's glory um, and, as Mal says, his awesomeness. Um, for me, it's not often about learning complicated stuff. It's about, I think it's the Holy Spirit, just giving you a fresh understanding of some of the basics and sort of cementing them into your, your mind and your heart. Um, so hopefully some of that comes across today. Um, We've been doing a bit about Psalms. Now, I should say, um, the stuff, the material in this talk um, is plagiarised from lots of different places. Um, so I can recommend sort of John Piper's Desiring God website. Um, that's a source of great stuff. Um, C.S. Lewis, obviously. Um, and God's bestseller, the Bible, is quite good. Um, but yes, yeah, Sarah's going to kick us off with Psalm 117. Okay, um, just before I do, sorry, I should have mentioned again. Children, if you want to, we've got some Lego down here, and there is a word on the floor. Miles, could you just move? Um, I've got a challenge for any of you. I would like that word made out of Lego by about half 11, if anyone's up for that challenge. Okay. It's a spaceship. No, it's not a spaceship, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this summer we have been taking a closer look at the Psalms, um, and we're continuing to do that this morning. Um, who can tell me what Psalm did we look at last week? <gasps> Hand up at the back there, shout it out, Abby. Correct, it was, it was 119, Psalm 119, and can somebody tell me something about Psalm 119? Very good. It is it's the longest psalm in the Bible. Well, this morning, we're going to look at the shortest psalm in the Bible. And um, as Simon so kindly asked many people to help him last week um, to read the psalm, we'd like Simon to come and read this for us, please. <laughs> Have I got it? It should be up on there. Sorry. Yeah. asked me to read, but he didn't tell me what to read. Oh, did he not? No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, make, I could have asked him. I'll look up there. Okay. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people of the earth. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean... That says it all, really, doesn't it? I think it's just amazing. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people of the earth. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. Two amazing things there. Unfailing love and powerful. 
The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. And his faithfulness will be with us and for us forever. Praise the Lord. So I think with the Psalms, it is about praising God and giving him the glory. But what is the point of it all? What is the purpose of God glorifying him? Yeah, what is the purpose of it all? Next slide. Oh, no, not poor boys. Purpose. <laughs> Always got to get a poor boys joking when you can. Um, so does anybody here love wasps? Who, who's always had a pet wasp that they've kept, or followed them around? You love wasps? Oh, you don't love wasps. <laughs> you did have a pet one, oh. <laughs> Oscar had a pet woodlice at one point. Um, yes. What is the point of wasps? Are they just there to make picnics more exciting? I don't know if anybody's been stung by a wasp. Not pleasant. Um, so why did God create wasps? Surely there must have been a reason. Um, well, I did a bit of research. I mean, it turns out they're actually quite useful. So wasps, as they grow up, they feed their young with lots of bugs. So gardeners love wasps because they eat aphids, caterpillars, and all sorts of bugs. So in the UK last year, I counted that wasps ate 14 million tonnes of bugs. <laughs> now, you don't like wasps at your picnic, but imagine if those wasps weren't around, you'd probably have a bucket load of bugs chucked over you whilst you're having your picnic. So they're actually a good thing. Um, so God creates everything for a purpose. So the important question is, what's our purpose? So is it that we're meant to eat bugs as well? Um, do any of the children like eating aphids? Or uh, Ray Mears eats juicy, fat larvae, doesn't he? Um, has anybody eaten a larvae here? No. So perhaps our purpose isn't eating bugs. Um, so the thing is that our life is only quite short. You can ask anybody who's over, I was going to say 50, but say 30. Um, so we don't want to go through it without knowing what our purpose is. So what does the Bible say about purpose? So the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 4-6, Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. So our primary purpose um, is a relationship with God. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 also says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So our purpose is also to glorify God. Now, if you're a Christian here, you'll probably be already going, yay, glorify God. 
If you're not a Christian here and you're not used to church, then the idea of glorifying God can sometimes seem a bit strange. Um, It can sometimes ring alarm bells. So let's look a bit further into glorifying God. So talking about it sounding strange to people who don't know God, it can almost sound a little bit like, is God an egomaniac? Now, an egomaniac is somebody who's only concerned about themselves. So sometimes when we hear about people wanting to be glorified, we relate it to people that we know or people in the media who want to be glorified. Some people that we've met are probably so focused on themselves that they ignore other people. Or they're so obsessed about what they want, they'll do anything to get it. Even C.S. Lewis, before he became a Christian, he was worried about God being vain and wanting all this praise. So we're going to have a quick look at two examples of egomaniacs that might be familiar to you. But just to reassure you, it's nobody from our church. (laughs) So this is a slightly tricky video link. So we'll see whether um, it manages to work or not. (laughs) Presenting your Royal Highness, our illustrious King Julian XIII, self-proclaimed Lord of the Lemurs, etc., etc. Hooray, everybody. He's got style. What is he, like, king of the guinea pigs? I think it's a squirrel. Welcome, giant pansies. Please feel free to bask in my glow. Definitely a squirrel. Yep, squirrel. We thank you with enormous gratitude for chasing away the fusa. The Husa? The fusa. They're always annoying us by trespassing, interrupting our parties, and ripping our limbs off. Yeah, sounds good. Look, we're just uh, we're just trying to find out where the people are, oh, so if you my. could... Uh, what big teeth you have. <laughs> Shame on you, Maurice. Can you not see that you've insulted the freak? Uh-huh. You must tell me, who the heck are you? I'm Alex, the Alex, and this is Gloria, Marty, and Melman. And just where are you giants from? Mm-hmm. We're from New York, and uh, we... All hail the New York Giants! What are they doing, some sort of inbreeding program? Well, I say we just gotta ask these bozos where the people are. Excuse me? We bozos have the people, of course. Whoa. Hey, the bozos have the people. Oh, well, great, good, phew. <laughs> they're up there. Don't you love the people? Not a very lively bunch, though. Oh, wow. So do you have any live people? Uh. No, uh, only dead ones. I mean, if we had a lot of live people here, it wouldn't be called the wild, would it? <laughs> the wild? Whoa, whoa, hold up there a second, Fuzz Bucket. You mean like, uh, like the live in a mud hut? 
wipe yourself with a leaf type wild? Who wipes? <laughs> Oy vey. Oy vey. Oy vey, everybody. Oy vey. Wake up, Mr. Alex. Wake up, Mr. Alex. Rise up. Oh. Freeze, Ray. Freeze, Ray. For Gru, being a supervillain isn't easy. We stole the Statue of Liberty, the small one from Las Vegas. He has to control Listen up, please. an army of minions. Dave? He has to outsmart <laughs> a ruthless archenemy. He shrinks, right? I hate that guy. And he's about to inherit... Hello? Three small problems. You will not cry or sneeze or barp or fart. No annoying sounds. Does this count as annoying? <sighs> I don't know! From Universal Pictures... We are going to pull off the true cry of the century. We are going to steal the moon! And Chris Melodondri, executive producer of Ice Age and Horton Hears a Who. I shrink the moon, I grab the moon, I sit on the toilet. What? <laughs> You're funny. No! <laughs> By the time I'm done with Groot, he's gonna be begging for mercy. No! We have to warn him. And fast! Summer. Just because he's a bad guy doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Three little kittens started to yawn. Now make them drink the milk. Wow, this is garbage. You actually like this? Despicable Me in eye popping 3D. All you gotta do is knock down that spaceship there. Aww. Oh, somebody's got a frowny face. Okay, my turn. Knocked over! It's so fluffy! This big guy. This big. This big. This. This. This big about me. So, I love King Julian and Gru. Um, they're both sort of lovable rogues. Um, but King Julian, his focus is really on himself. Um, you can see in that clip, um, I think it's just before the start of the clip, actually, he throws one of the other lemurs out just to see if the, the lion and the other animals will eat him, if they're friendly or not. He doesn't really care about himself that much. He is a bit of an egomaniac. Um, Gru had a problem childhood with a, um, an interesting mother. And he grows up seeking to prove himself. Um, so he wants to become a criminal mastermind just to prove that he is worthy. He doesn't really care about other people that much. Um, from that opening clip, you can see that he was already ready to freeze-ray people in the queue just to get his coffee ahead of them.
Um, but God is different. God isn't deficient in anything. He's already all-powerful. And love is the central pillar of his character. He's described in the Bible as God is love. He is already awesome and glorious. You'd know if you'd met him. God doesn't need our praise, but he's worthy of our praise. So hopefully you have, you're starting to see how glorifying God is for Christians. Now, it's still a difficult concept to take on, and it's central to the Bible. So we're going to look at a couple more examples just to try and cement why glorifying God is meant to be. So the first example is with family. Now, in a family, if the children are central to the family, so if they're put on a pedestal, then you end up with a spoiled child and you probably end up with a marriage that isn't that happy either. In a family, after our relationship with God, the marriage is the most important part. So if this is strong, the children will be blessed by it and through it. They will delight in the freedom of its love and security. The fact that the marriage is a priority doesn't lessen the love that the parents have for their children. It's a gift to them. In the same way as parents, the Godhead is the foundation on which we have our security and love. And God demonstrates his sacrificial love for us when Jesus died on the cross. So what's another reason to glorify God? Well, actually, I didn't really realise or take this in properly, but it's a natural reaction. It's something that the world already does. It's built into us. We are made in the image of God. And even people who don't know God do this. So we think as glory being a church thing. But actually, people react and glorify things that they're excited about or things that are of worth. So is there anybody here who supports a football team? Steve. (laughs) Um... Would you be able to sit still and silent whilst your team is playing all the way through, even if they scored the winning goal? No. You can't, <laughs> you can't hold it back. So, yeah, fans can't keep quiet. You see them at the stadium, they jump up and down. The other little picture I've got here is a collectible. It's actually... Baseball card TT06. It depicts Honus Wagner, aka the Flying Dutchman of Pittsburgh Pirates. So it's a baseball card. He was considered one of the best players of all time. It looks a bit naff, doesn't it? If you were holding it, you kind of you'd probably chuck it away. But then as soon as somebody tells you it's worth six million pounds, all of a sudden you go, wow. You hold it and you behold it. You see this on the Antiques Roadshow as well when they're looking at at different items. It looks like a piece of junk and people handle it quite carelessly. But as soon as they're told it's worth something, all of a sudden, they're in awe. Now, our God's different. His worth can't be compared to money or gold. 
Yeah, he's infinitely more precious and beautiful. Yeah, it's only natural for us to react by glorifying him. So another reason why we glorify God. Um, one of the things that C.S. Lewis said um, is that I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. So it's not merely saying, oh yeah, that's good, but it's actually part of the enjoyment that you feel. So we see this in lovey-dovey couples. So Sarah's beautiful eyes, her lovely hair, amazing character, her charm, her nice bottom. (laughs) You can't deny it. So in families, I think Ashley sent a a little clip around yesterday about a boy with his dad and they're just having fun together and yeah he couldn't help but just say I love you dad Um, so again sport shouting out when your team scores and wins actually that's one of the the peaks of the part of the enjoyment that you have whilst whilst you're watching sport and we see it with Aussie at home and Josh. Um, when they're playing games with their friends online and they're having so much fun together, then they love to shout. Um, now, does anybody know the acronym WDJPS? No? Okay. All right, it's actually. What does John Piper say? (laughs) So we talked about God being glorified and how we can enjoy um, in glorifying God. Now, John Piper has got a little sentence that he likes to use. That God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. It's quite a difficult one to wrap your head around. I'll read it again. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So can that be true? That actually, when we're most satisfied, then God's most glorified. If that's the case, then do you think God wants us to be satisfied? Do you think he designed us to be satisfied? Um, Do you think he has everything that we need to be satisfied? So for his own glory, he wants us to be satisfied. So although John Piper said this, we should probably just double check with the Bible as well. So Philippians... 3 verse 8, it says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. So, yeah, Jesus is more precious, more valuable, more satisfying than all that our life on this earth can give us. 
So John Piper seems to have got it, got it right. Um, but it is quite a tricky sentence to get our heads around properly. So I've got a couple more illustrations. Um, now I don't want to upset those people who, who follow Mary Berry or those people who follow God. But for the purposes of this illustration, Mary Berry is the God, small g, small g of baking. She delights in cooking food for people. They delight in eating food. And when they eat the food, they make yummy noises. Now, we wanted to reinforce this message. So, I'm not sure how we can possibly reinforce the idea of eating yummy food is good. But I have my beautiful wife here with me. <laughs> so you can take these for later if you do want them with a cup of tea. Um. Mm. <laughs> if you do want to shout out praise to Sarah, you can do. So we looked at this illustration with Mary Berry. Um, we're now going to try and replace this illustration with God with a big G. So we've now got God on one side. We've got us on the other side. Um, the idea is that God gives us all things in Christ. Everything, that, all good things come from God. Um, and that we can be satisfied in him. And when we're satisfied in him, we give him glory back. And you notice that in this picture, the focus isn't in any of these one things. It's not on food or relationships. It's not on music or sport. So we don't make sport, food, music or relationships our God. We don't glorify them. But these things are provided by us for our enjoyment to glorify God. One of the words on here that we've not read out yet, can anybody spot it? What it might be? One that we've not read out yet? God. God. I'll read out the word God now. So there's another one in here that we've not read out yet. Forgiveness is another good one. Family. Thank you. So yes, talking of family, we have actually got a seamless link. We've got our Meet the Family spot. So I'll let Sarah introduce somebody from the family, a mystery person. Um, so yeah, whilst you're having a, a bit of a, a chew on some cake, um, what we are wanting to do when we're doing our morning service of family all together is to introduce people of the church to you that you might not know who have perhaps not been here that long or have been here a long time. So um, this morning we have got the lovely Lynn who is going to come and share a bit about herself. Um, and introduce her. Can we have a round of applause for Lynn please? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've been out somewhere special. I've watched two Two films and eat a piece of cake. It's like, wow, this is a great church. <laughs> I love this church. <laughs> so, Lynn, thank you so much for um, coming up and to me. Um, could you, well, the first thing I've asked Lynn to do is to create three statements 
two are truths and one is a lie. And we as a church are going to try and work out which the lie is. Not that we encourage lying because we don't, but just to get a bit of more info. My big sister's here, which is... Which is uh, so I can't lie. <laughs> so three facts. But I'm going to slip one in. So um, I did a road trip in Australia. Um, I rode on the back of a camel in the Sahara, and I drove to Switzerland in a Morris Minor. Oh. Okay. So road trip Australia, camel in the Sahara. And a a very old Morris Minor driven to Switzerland. Very old Morris Minor driven to Switzerland. Um, so for number one, which is the road trip to Australia, put your hands up if you think that might be the lie. A couple of people, three people. Okay. Number two, which was the camel in the Sahara, a lie. Oh, a few more think that might be a lie. Um, number three. Um, was the Morris Minor over to Switzerland. Anybody think that might be a lie? Okay, so we're going on the second one being a lie. Yes, the second one's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So can you share a little bit about um, how long you've been on the island, how long you've been to the church? So, I've been here four months, but most of my life we used to come here for holidays, so... On and off, we, um, one of my sisters, uh, not Wen, who lives in the mainland, but my sister lives in Gurnard, so, so she's lived there 10 years, and so we kind of crept over a few times, you know, for Christmas and summer. But, um, yeah, four months I've been here. Came in April. I love it, actually. I'm sleeping like a mother bear, you know. I just, it's this sea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah there's something. I do love it, though. Um, and what about your Christian life? How long have you been a Christian, if you don't mind me asking? Right. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12, and I think that was probably on the Isle of Wight when I was on a holiday caravan. I'm trying to remember whether it was Shanklin or one of those. Um, but yeah, I do remember that. And it was a bit naughty because I just said, Lord, I really want to live for you because if you come back and we're on holiday, you might not know where I am. So I gave, I gave my life to God on a condition, you know, that I didn't get left behind. So, yeah, I mean, my parents must have been thinking, what? And um, how would you describe your kind of Christian life as it's been? Have you got anything you would like to share? do you want? Uh, well, we've, we've only got a couple of minutes. <laughs> So, mum and dad um, were Christians. Mum was Jewish. Dad was in the army and gave his life to Jesus. And um, so, three of us girls were raised in a Christian family. And um, I would say it's been good. There have been times, you know, everybody has wilderness times, don't they? And, um, but I would say that glorifying God is, um, is key to it when you're going through wilderness times is to say, God, I don't know what's going on, but I know you do, and I'm trusting you. So for me, that would be something to glorify God about when it's really hard. And it says in everything you thanks, which is quite hard when there's a lump in your throat. But you, you do, you, you get on, don't you? Yeah. So I think maybe coming this far, that's, that's what I would say. That's really cool. And is there um, a, a surprising fact that you would like to leave with us um, before you kind of... Something that we might not think of. Oh, didn't realise you. 
Okay, on the subject of bugs, <laughs> no, this is just a little thing dropping in. I was in Burkina Faso on a youth camp. I was on the staff, and because I spoke French, we were there. We had this amazing camp, and I ate a bowl full of peanuts, and they were really tasty, only to find that they were not peanuts, that they were sorted bugs. <laughs> anyway, so that, you don't know that about me. Yeah, it tasted really nice. I asked for more, and then that was when they told me that they're not peanuts. <laughs> France for quite a long time and I've lived in Australia, I've lived in Switzerland um, so you may not know that about me I speak fluent French, I can cut hair, I can play guitar and keyboard I can't think of anything else that's interesting that you want to know about me but um, Thank you. I'm older than I look <laughs> I should say older than I act <laughs> but yeah, is that alright? That's lovely, thank you so much Len, it's lovely to get to know you, thank you <laughs> Okay, so we're kind of going to come to an end soon. Now, I asked the kids down here if they were able to, wow, um, do a challenge for me. And I had a word down at the bottom, and I wanted them to try and make it out of Lego. You can help me hold it. Thank you. And um, I don't know if you can tell what it says. I think it's amazing. Glorify. Well done. Was that... Yeah, Jonathan and Isaac, give them a round of applause. Thank you very much. Oh, and so did Max. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Thank you, well done, Max. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. You can put them on the stage if you want, or you can leave them um, down at the bottom there. So, to glorify, very quickly, what does it actually mean? Because we hear the word all the time, and we know how important it is. So, a dictionary definition... Um, well, before I do that, sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Praise and worship, it's a verb. We are to acknowledge, to make known, and to reveal, to show to others the majesty and splendor of God. Again, what does that mean? How does that look? Now, I think a lot of us might say it's quite easy on a Sunday morning to come and do that. Um, what about the 167 hours for the rest of the week? What does glorifying God look like then? And um, we've got... A video, another one, very short one, to show you hopefully what it is to glorify God on a 24-7 basis. Hi, I'm Judah. Living for God, glorifying God, loving God? These are all phrases that get thrown around a lot. But what does it look like in real life? Today, let's talk about what it means to glorify God. Anything done by a person who professes to be a Christian should give the world an accurate picture of who God is in righteousness, faithfulness, and excellence. Just saying you glorify God means nothing. You have to actually do it. First Chronicles 16.29 talks about how we should bring an offering to God. What kind of offering? How about this kind? Your life. Glorifying God with our lives means that we correctly represent Jesus Christ with our words and actions. When you interact with people, be like Jesus. This is what it means to be Christ-like. When you choose a career, keep in mind how God can use you to reach others in that career. You don't have to be in the missions field to reach others either. You could work in a restaurant or a library and choose to treat your customers and coworkers in a Christ-like way. Loving, kind, compassionate, patient, and merciful. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
The next couple verses go on to talk about how we should live our lives in a way that puts others before ourselves. Jesus was certainly selfless, and his life is a great example for us. This is a biblical principle we can apply to whatever we're doing, whether it's taking exams, watching movies, commenting on a post, whatever. You are a living representation of Christ because you claim to be a Christian, a literal follower of Christ. Therefore, in all things you do, do them as Christ would do them. When you're in school, you glorify God by respecting your teachers and classmates and doing the best you can to be an excellent student. When you're watching a movie, you don't allow immoral or violent behavior to influence or shake your own convictions. And when you're on the internet, you treat others with kindness and encouragement, rather than be a troll. God is holy, faithful, merciful, loving, and filled with grace for others. Glorifying God means that we live out those same attributes in our own lives, or at least try our hardest to do so. It's not always going to be easy and we're not going to be perfect, but as long as we keep listening to the Holy Spirit and choosing Jesus' way, we will be glorifying God. We hope this video has given you a better understanding of what it means to glorify God with your life. Okay. What are some Thank ways you. you've given glory to God today? So, very briefly, I love the video because it just, it kind of makes it, makes me think I am representing God in all that I do. Am I doing that? When I was preparing with Rob for this, I really struggled doing these things. Um, and I began to feel awful because I looked at myself and I thought, yeah, I am not glorifying God in a lot of the things that I do. And then God reminded me of Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I don't need to feel condemned. And I then read the whole of Romans 8, and it's an amazing passage because it basically talks about how we are new creations and that God's Spirit lives in us, and it's God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit, who helps us do all these things. So I don't need to worry. Philippines 4.13 says, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. So, challenge. Young people, Monday morning. I know for some, like Max... You're starting a new school, aren't you, tomorrow? Yep. Um, what happens when the alarm goes, whether that's an electric one, electronic one or your mum coming in? I tried a new thing on Oscar the other day because trying to wake him up in the morning pff, doesn't work. And we heard on QI that um, waking children up, if there's a fire alarm, if the fire alarm goes off, 50% of kids don't wake up. They don't hear it. So, but if a voice, a calm voice says... Good morning, your house is on fire. Um, they wake up. So I've been trying that with Oscar, and yes, it works. Um, anyway, when you wake up, what's your first reaction? Do you go, I don't want to do today. I can't do it. I don't. I hate it. Blah, blah, blah. Is that glorifying God? No, but it's real, isn't it? Because that's what I do. I don't like mornings. What could we possibly do that might then glorify God? How about the first thing we do is, okay, Lord, I can't do this. Please help me. And then another really good um, hint to get out of bed if you're finding it difficult in the morning. Do a five, four, three, two, one, out. I'm up out of bed. Apparently that really works as well. Tried that on Oscar. We're getting there. Um, you do that, do you, Miles? Good job. Well done, you. Okay, next one. You have got a project to do. You've got the dishes to do, you've got homework to do, you've got something at work to do, and you keep putting it off because you don't want to do it. It's boring. Why would I want to do this? So what you do, you just 
get it over and done with, bare minimum, and then it's out the way. Is that glorifying God? I would say possibly not. How could we glorify God in that? Well, we might still think all of those things, but how about first of all we go, okay, Lord, I've got this thing I need to do. Please help me. And then we give our best. Next one. You are at school. You see somebody who's on their own. You're at work. There's somebody who's always left on their own. You're in the coffee, um, in next door having coffee. You see somebody standing on their own. What's your response? Do you think, oh, I just, I'm too tired. I want to go home. I don't want to do this. I haven't got the energy. Is that glorifying God? No. Is, okay, I'm going to do it because this would just be the best thing. Not necessarily glorifying God either. How about, Lord, please help me. I know there's somebody there who's on their own. I need to go and help them. So the next bit on the slide, Kerry, I think. Have you noticed that in all of these things, the first response from us could be, Lord, help me. And by doing that, it then glorifies him. And he's helping us to then glorify him, which is just, I mean, that blows my mind that he's going to help us to then glorify him. So Rob came up with an acronym. I want to bring us back to another acronym. So if you can have the next slide. If you're not sure, in the 1990s, WWJD was all the rage. Um, I'm showing my age a bit now. Um, so everybody had wristbands with WWJD. It means, what would Jesus do? So if you're not sure about something, first thought, what would Jesus do? If he were here, which he is, because his Holy Spirit's in me, what would Jesus do in this situation? And then by asking Jesus and his Holy Spirit to help us, we can then do the right thing, and that will then glorify God in all that we do. So before we finish... I think that was the last bit. There's a bit of a takeaway for you. So the last slide. So on here, there's some sheets, there's some cupcakes, and there's some um, pizzas as well that you can colour in. You're welcome to take them as well as the children. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. In every single thing we do. doesn't mean we're going to be super spiritual people. We're just going to be real and honest and ask God to help us to then, through that, glorify God in the way that we live our lives. Now, before we finish, we'd like to pray, especially for the young people and the children, because school starts. Some have already started. Some start tomorrow. Some are starting a new school on Wednesday. Is that right, Didi? Tuesday. Not even on the island. He's going abroad to the mainland. <laughs> Um, so we'd love to pray for you, ZD, and we want to pray for all the young people, whether they're going into school or they're being homeschooled, whatever situation they're in. Um, so, Mark, would you, do you want to, is that right? Just out of interest, anybody starting a new job or anything extra? Why don't we stand? Come on. College, yeah, college. There's all sorts. Get, get a couple of people around uh, David's. Let's, let's go and 
go and pray with him. He's off to Guildford doing his A-levels. Yeah. Why don't this... Yeah, go for it, guys. Um, Max is starting a new school. So there's different schools. Um, there's a new headmistress up at Lane's End, brand new lady called Vicky. Uh, I've forgotten her surname because she's so new I can't remember her name. But um, they've just started up there new. So why don't we just lift our voices quietly. It's always a challenge. But lift our voices together. Let's pray together for our children, for our young people, for teachers, for the new school term, uh, for David as he, uh, as he goes across to Guildford. Let's lift our voices together for a few, just a moment or two and then I'll lead us in prayer. We just want to thank you for each of the children represented across this church, for those here today and those not here today. Father, we, we ask your hand of protection over each one of them. We pray for them as they change classes, some of them changing school. Lord God, new teachers, we pray for new friends. Father, we pray that your hand would be with them. Lord, we thank you that many of them know you, and I pray that they would feel you with them. Lord God, I pray that new friendships would be made. Lord Jesus, I pray for um, uh, new experiences to be had and new understanding. Father, we, we want to thank you for uh, your hand on us as a people. Thank you that you promised to be with us. And Lord, we, we want to say, would you help us, Lord, however young we are, however old we are, to glorify you in our lives. Lord, to, to, to be like Jesus um, and to show Jesus to others and that that will bring glory to you. So, Father, Lord, we do particularly just want to lift uh, David to you. Father, we thank you for him. We pray for mum and dad and the family as they're back here. Lord, we, we pray that you be with them. Keep them close. Uh, Father, protect him, guard him, give him good new friends. Father, we pray. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be close to him in his own personal faith, that he would continue to walk in you and know your presence and your power. Lord God, we, we just want to, we want to thank you for speaking to us today and we, we give you the rest of this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.